title of this morning's message is Two Masters. Two Masters is the title of this morning's message. And as we kick this off, I love that verse in verse 40. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you've done to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. This series is twofold in purpose. The number one purpose of this series is for you to receive a gift. For you to receive a gift. And until we're going to go be generous to the world, first we must receive a gift or a touch from God in the area of, of being generous. And I want to encourage you that generosity is a gift from God. The Bible says this in Romans chapter number 12, verse number 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If it is prophecy, and then, then into the proportion of our faith. If service in our serving, and to the one who teaches in his teaching, and to the one who exhorts in exhortation, and to the one who contributes in generosity. See, there's a gift that God wants to give you, give you. and if we're going to be the, the church that goes and changes the world that we live in, and as the last series we talked about CSI, God wants us to be more than a witness to what he's done. He wants us to be evidence about what he's done, where God has touched our lives personally, where God has changed our hearts personally, and we no longer can just say, I saw God do something great, but we are evidence of the great things that God has done. Amen? I pray that God would bless you with a gift this morning, that he would show you his generous heart, that he would show you how much he wants to be actively involved in your life, how he wants to touch you immediately and change you eternally, not so that you can go say, look what God did, but so you can actually be evidence of the power of God in somebody else's life. And they can touch you and say, if God can do it in your life, surely he can do it in my life. I pray that God would give you a gift this morning. And God would give you a gift and that you would be generous with it. And some of you, you have great gifts on the inside of you. Some of those gifts would be the gift of prophecy or the gift of teaching or some of these great spiritual gifts that we hold in high esteem in which we rightly should. But notice, God puts the same gift of giving gifts of contribution and doing it in generosity on the same level he does with prophecy and teaching. Or if some of your gift is serving, he says, I hold the gift of service. Let you serve according to the, the faith within you. I hold that as the same level as prophecy prophecy in your life. And so whatever gift you have within, God wants you to use it in the area of the world to change where you live. And so this morning, whatever gift you have on the inside or on the outside, God wants you to use it for his kingdom's sake and be generous in it. The thing is, many of us, until we receive a touch from God in the area of generosity, we don't have the ability to be generous. And so my heart this morning is, as it was last week, is that throughout this series, your heart will be touched with the gift of generosity. And that you would give, whether it's spiritually, physically, emotionally, socially, financially, in any way, shape, or form that you have, that you would be generous with the gift God's given you. That you would be generous with the gift of healing. And you wouldn't walk by somebody who's sick and not lay your hands on them and pray for them. If you got the gift of prayer that when you see somebody struggling in Walmart, you wouldn't be in such a hurry to get to the checkout stand, but you would stop and use that gift of prayer and lay your hands on somebody. Some of you in the gift of finances that when you see somebody struggling, you're able to step up and meet that need and say, I'm going to give because this is what I'm gifted to do. And you would use it to the full extent of your faith that God's placed in you. And I want to encourage you in this. The more you use it, the more God's going to grow it. Amen. And it's not what God can get to you, it's about how much he can get through you, amen? I don't want to be a creek, I want to be a rushing river, amen? In fact, I prayed this morning, God, let it be Niagara Falls in this place, come on. I don't want to be limited to the banks, <laughs> come on. I want God to do something amazing. And the thing about it is, as Ezekiel saw in his prophecy, you can go as deep in the river as you want to. 
I don't know, but Stephen Curtis Chapman's got a good song. I'm diving in. I'm going deep, amen? In over my head, that's where I want to be. I want to jump in the river, amen? I want to see God do something amazing. That's the first point of this whole series that we're doing is that you would receive a gift and you would use it generously for the kingdom. But the second point is what we're going to hit on big time this morning is that God would break off the spirit of mammon on your life and on the life of this church and on the life of this area. And even so, let it be contagious and spread it, let it spread nationwide, Amen. Come on. Even so, let it become contagious and spread nationwide. Amen. And God would break the spirit of mammon even off this nation. And I love this, this quote by Winston Churchill, and it says, We make a living by what we do. We make a life by what we give. We make a living by what we do. We make a life by what we give. And I want to make a life. Amen. I don't just want to live. I don't just want to exist. I want to make a life. I want to give other people life by what I'm able to give. And so as we jump into the scriptures this morning, what does Jesus say about all these things, about receiving a gift, about what is mammon, about what is money, and what role does it play in our life, and the gifts that you got internally and the gifts you got externally? What does Jesus say about all these things? And he addresses it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse number 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. There's a reason some of you have bitterness in your heart towards God. But you've been serving the wrong master. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And some of you are thinking, how can I be bitter at God? He's done so much for me. It's because you've just been serving the wrong master. Let God change that this morning. That's a specific word for about five different families in here this morning. That God wants to change your life. He says, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and the English translation says money, but the true word there is mammon. And we're going to hit that word a lot this morning. And so what is mammon? Mammon is this. It's the, uh, it's, the etymology of it is not well known, but it's, uh, it's found in the Aramaic, the Greek, the Hebrew. It's found in Latin. But we're going to focus on the Aramaic, the Greek, and the Hebrew because the Bible is written in those three different languages. And in all those three different languages, the word begins to be translated not money but the trust or the spirit that rests on money that we rely in other than God it is the spirit that rests upon riches or things to get us to trust in God rather than to trust or to trust in mammon rather than to trust in God this is where Jesus said you will be devoted to one and you'll despise the other you'll love one and you'll hate the other you can't serve both and many of us have come to a crisis in our life and we've let the spirit of mammon begin to creep in on the, where the spirit of God should be taking place. And Jesus dealt with this in the Old Testament. Can I get an amen? amen? He was talking to the Israelite nation when he was well advanced in years. And he said, listen to me, nation of Israel. He said, some of you have chosen to go serve the gods beyond the river, the gods of the Canaanite, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and all those other nations. And he says, if that seems good to you, go and do it. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Joshua said that in the Old Testament. Jesus dealt with this issue in the New Testament. Mammon is mentioned four times. Jesus addresses it three times. Over 70% of what Jesus talked about dealt with money. And it's not just money, but the trust in money rather than the trust in God. I find it very ironic that our dollar bill says, in God we trust when in God we don't trust. <laughs> 
And so we must begin to re reevaluate our thought process on this area of mammon and what it actually is. And so many translations of the Bible define mammon as money. That definition is not incorrect. It is just incomplete. It's incomplete. Mammon is this. It is at the heart, and it's the attitude of the heart that says, man does not need God. We are self-sufficient in where we're at. And immediately every one of you says, oh, we know we need God. <laughs> we know we need God. But in the process of that, our actions don't define our need for God. Our actions are many times saying, we are self-sufficient. God, we are good. God, we can make this happen without you. And so we must begin to clarify and begin to break down what this thing is called the spirit of mammon in our life and watch God begin to work in our lives. Jesus said this, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Jesus said it's impossible to do both at the same time. There is no such thing of having one foot on God and one foot on mammon. You cannot do both at the same time. He said you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You will love one and you will hate the other. And so either or in our life, Jesus is saying this is a black and white issue. It's either we trust God or we don't. It's either we're involved with the Spirit of God or we're not. And so God wants to begin to reveal to our hearts this morning how much do we really trust Him. And listen, as I begin to preach this, some of you are going to get back to thinking that this is only referring to money. And it's not. Because when is the last time God said, I need you to go pray for somebody and you got nervous in your stomach and you didn't do it and you let it pass you by? You are letting external spirits dictate what the Spirit of God is trying to do. Okay? So this isn't just to do with money. And then afterwards, you're mad at yourself. You'll love one and you'll despise the other. And then you get mad at God. God, why would you even have me do that? So this isn't just money. This is with the gifts within that God wants you to use without. And in every area of your life. And so as we begin to break this down, we must jump into this. And Jesus says there's no middle ground. There's no half and half. And we must understand that there is a spirit that rests on all money. Everybody say all money. There's a spirit that rests on all money. It is either the spirit of God or it is the spirit of mammon. It is the spirit of God or it is the spirit of mammon. Money that is submitted to God and his purposes has the spirit of God on it. Money that's not submitted to God and his purposes has the spirit of mammon on it. This building is submitted to God and his purposes. So we love the church house. Can I get an amen? amen. And it's about paid off. Can I get a big amen? amen? So this building is submitted to the purposes and the plans of God and we love it. But I know in less than 24 hours, we could transform this whole building. We could hang some strobe lights. We could do some crazy stuff. In less than 24 hours, this place could be a club. Some of you are saying, amen, come on with that too. No. And this place could be a club. And the very building that was submitted to God is now submitted to the devil. Is the building good or is the building bad? No, the building doesn't matter. It's what spirit you let rest upon it. So all money has a spirit resting upon it. It is either the spirit of God or it is the spirit of mammon. And, and Jeff, can I borrow your tithe check? Because I want to use Jeff as an example. Because every Sunday morning at the end of service, he gets up and he prays over our tithes and our offerings. And this year we wanted to, to get you pressing forward in your tithes and your offerings. And we call it my tithe, giving on purpose and giving with a purpose. Man, when you give that an offering plate, don't just, well, that's what God said. And you just drop it in. No, begin to give an assignment. On purpose, God, I'm giving this to expand your kingdom. God, don't hold back. Use this for every penny that it's worth and then multiply the pennies and expand your kingdom. Come on. I mean, that's how I pray over my tithe. I mean, I don't know how you pray over yours. I mean, that's my tithe and my offering. If God says plant a seed, I'm going to 
I'm going to let it know what's going to be planted. And so as we do this this morning, all money, it's either submitted to God and has the presence of God and used for the kingdom on it, or it's not, and it's got the spirit of mammon on it. And Tony, can I borrow you uh, this morning? And I want Tony to come up here. Tony, give Tony a hand clap. He's awesome. Man, Tony jumped in to help with our 5.6 program. I want you to hold Jeff's tithe, okay? Everybody's like, dang, they're passing a lot of money around this morning. Come on. And as Tony holds this, he gives God the tithe. The tithe means tenth. The word tenth in the Bible is always a test. Come on. The word tenth in the Bible, every time it's represented, it's represented as a test. Okay, so when God says, give me the first tenth or the first 10%, he's not saying, give me your first 10% of money. He says, this is a test. And he says, if I can test you with this and if I can trust you with the first, I can trust you with all the rest. But if he can't trust you with the first, that means you're not being responsible with all the rest. And so in this process, God says, I'm going to give Tony the ability to get wealth. Read Proverbs. It says you have been given the ability to get wealth. So as Tony makes funds and makes money, he says, I got an opportunity here to give to the kingdom. So I'm giving my first tenth to God. I'm passing the test. I'm going to give an offering with it. I'm going to watch God expand his kingdom. And so everything else that Tony touches is blessed. All right, I need ten volu- nine volunteers. Nine volunteers. I got two here, Aaron and Megan. Come on. Andy and Linda, come on. Robin, come on. All right, I got four. I'll call you out. Tara, come on. Come on. David and Lisa, can y'all come on? Linda's coming. All right, how many do I got? I'm not a math major. I'm a... All right, come on. Get on this side of Tony for me right quick. All right, is that nine? Who got nine? All right, we got nine up there. If not, somebody else jump up there. So Tony, this, this is Tony right here, and he says, I'm representing what God has given me, and in this, this is my tenth, this is my test, this is my tithe, and I'm going to honor God with my substance and the first fruits of all my increase, the Bible says, and it says, so your barns will be filled with plenty. I mean, I could quote a billion scriptures on this, and so I'm going to give this to God as my test and say, God, I trust you more than I trust money. I'm giving you the first 10%. I trust you more than money, so I'm giving you first, not at the end, not what's left, and so therefore, when he gives the tenth, the pass of the test, All this behind him is blessed by God. All the way down to the very last penny. Amen? Amen. That's why 90% with God will go farther than 100% without. 90% with God will go a lot farther than 100% without. But if Tony begins to let the spirit of mammon come upon him and says, oh, I just got paid, great. It says, oh, I got to pay my house payment. My car payment, my electrical payment, my satellite dish payment, my cell phone payment, my big cell phone payment, my cell phone payment with internet data payment. Come on, some of y'all got youth kids and you know what I'm talking about. And then Tony begins to plug in right here. The blessing of God is missing. But listen, it's not just missing on this, it's missing on all of this. Because the tithe is the tenth. Not the tenth in the middle, the tenth of the first. And so if Tony were to keep walking in rebellion and keep on walking down here and come to the very end, at the end, he walks into church on Sunday morning and Jeff gets up and says, hey, it's time for the greatest time of all the service. We get to give God his tithes and our offerings. And y'all just go. And Tony, there's more fights about giving God an offering, not even the tithe, just an offering than there isn't anything else in the church. And so, amen, he said, I've been there, done that. Praise God, I know they got it right now because I've talked to him. And so he's there, and this is why some of you have a lot more month at the end of your month than money. 
You're not making ends are never meeting. Doesn't matter how much more you work, it's just not getting, you're not doing it. You're not getting by. So God begins to say, Tony, honor me. Put me first. This is why it's so important for God to have precedence in your life and for you to pass this test because all money has a spirit resting on it. It's either the presence of God or the presence of mammon. And when we put God first, all of it has the presence of God on it. Amen? So Tony, come back on up here. But if we don't put him first, none of it has the presence of God on it. Choose this day whom you will serve, Joshua said. As for me and my household, we're serving the Lord. Amen. Y'all can be seated this morning. Y'all give them a hand clap of praise. And I even go so far as this. I let God automatically withdraw his money out of my account. I let him automatically withdraw. I got my tie set up on auto draft. I'm making sure I don't miss it. I'm making sure God gets his. I'm making sure that auto-draft takes place every single Monday morning when the book Hebrew does book. I get it auto-drafted out of my account. Listen, I'm giving God free access to all my money. And here's why I say that. You'll let Wells Fargo do it. You'll let the electric company do it. You give them your routing number, your account number, and everything else. But heaven forbid the church and God should have access to my money. Come on, some of y'all said that. And, and listen, that is the spirit of religion and mammon coming up on your life because you'll let everybody else have access to your accounts, but no, 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 we're not, letting, we're, not, we're not letting God do this. Well, I've just seen too much bad stuff happen in the church. Well, if you'll trust us to lead you to heaven, to lead your kids to the Lord, to baptize you this Wednesday on mega baptism, to train you in the ways of God, you got trust issues. It's not a church issue. <laughs> and so I say, God, I trust you completely. You have complete access to my accounts. Whatever you want, you take it, and I'll give it gladly because I want to give way more than the first tenth. Amen? Yeah. Amen? I want to set up a strategic plan of giving like I talked about last week. This year, it's 11%. Next year, I'm giving 12%. The next year, I'm going to keep upping it a percentage. Well, what about when you're 90? I hope I'm living on 10 and giving 90%. Come on. I mean, what you worried about? And so strategically plan it out in your life. You must begin to put God first. You must begin. Prove to him that, God, I trust you in every aspect of my life. And some of the fruit of mammon is this. If you find yourself doing this a lot, you'll realize that mammon is dictating your life more than anything else. I've noticed that people um, under the most influence of the spirit of mammon have a tendency to have fear and worry about their finances and money. Fear and worry about their finances and their money. And Jesus clearly suggests in the verse that mammon tries to take the very place of God. See, mammon promises only those, mammon promises those things that only God can give. Mammon promises those things that only God can give. See, mammon promises security, but only God can give it. Mammon promises significant, only Jesus can give it. He said, if you're least in the kingdom, you'll become greatest. Mammon promises those things that only God can give. Mammon promises identity, only God can give it. I'm a new creation in Christ. Mammon promises independence. God says, when you're in me, you're free. You're free to do and all that, all that he's called you to do. So what mammon promises, only God can deliver on. So the great deception is if I have more money, I'll be able to do all these great things. But mammon can't deliver on what only God can deliver on. And so here's one of the things that mammon says do. Mammon clearly stands in opposition to the spirit of God because mammon says buy and sell. God says sow and reap. Mammon says buy and sell. God says sow and reap. Mammon says cheat and steal. God says give 
and receive. Well, pastor, I'm so broke right now, I don't got nothing to give. God said, ask of me, and I'll give seed to the sower, and I'll give bread to the eater. If you don't have money to give, say, God, I want to get some money to give. So I'm asking for seed to sow into your kingdom. I'm asking for finances to come in so I can give it unto you. Come on now. And so some of you are going to work some overtime this week because you prayed that prayer this morning. And don't be mad at overtime. But when God gives you that, don't spend your seed money on McDonald's Happy Meal. Come on now. Don't spend your seed money on McDonald's Happy Meal. Because some of you have eaten the seed you were supposed to sow and you wonder why you haven't had a fruit, uh, a harvest of increase in your life. is because you're so busy eating your seed. Come on. I'll give you an example. Some of you like to drive your seed. You get a $1,000 a month raise and you spend it on a new truck. Nothing wrong with a new truck. I hope all y'all get new trucks. And I hope they're debt free when you get it. But some of you didn't pray about the raise you just got and you spend it on your own self rather than on the kingdom. And God says, Dad, gummit, that was seed money. Dad, gummit, I got to figure this out. Some of you are like, I ain't never heard Dad gummit in church. <laughs> Stick around, you hear a lot more stuff from us. And I see God many times saying, I wish he would just spend it as seed because it's not what I can get to him, it's what I can get through him. And if he'll just begin to be faithful with little, I'll give him much. And watch what God can begin to do in your life. And I want to go back to this one. Mammon says cheat and steal, and God says give and receive. I want to encourage some of you on this. If you're cheating on your income taxes, you better stop. I'm just going to be blunt. Quit cheating the United States government. Quit doing it. Because the Bible says this. Jesus said it. Jesus said, is it right? Or the, somebody said, is it right to give taxes to Caesar? And Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And most people use that as an excuse to give God a tithe after the gross income and you tithe on the net. That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was never asked about the tithe or what to give God. But he addresses it and said, give to Caesar what Caesar requires, but give to God what God requires. And what God requires is the 10% first. And when you give God the 10% first, Caesar's needs will be met. Well, the government doesn't deserve my money. It doesn't matter. You didn't deserve forgiveness and grace and healing and the power of God. And you got it anyway. And if you can't be honest in your money, how would God give you a gift of prophecy or teaching or the power of God? I mean, we all say, oh, I want this great spiritual gift. Just walk in integrity. (laughs) If people will walk in integrity for any length of time, I believe God would just be dropping gifts out of the sky on them (laughs) and changing their life. So you cannot be uh, 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 running around dealing with the spirit of mammon on your life. Get rid of it. Mammon tells us if you had more money, people would listen to you. Your relationships would be better. Your problems would go away. Life would be sweet. The difference between the two spirits is very cut and dry. However, it is possible for believers to be influenced by the spirit of mammon and not even realize this. And I'll give you this example. People say, if I just had more money, I could really start giving to the kingdom of God and to people and change their life. If I just had more money, I could give to the people of God and the kingdom of God, and I could change their life. Jesus has never said the answer to your problem is more money. God is the answer to your problem. Come on, you got to give me a better amen on that. Jesus never said the answer to your problem is money. He never said to the rich young ruler, hey, the answer to your problem is not God. God's good. It's money. You got to No, the answer to your problem is God. The issue is not money. And if you always make it a money issue, you got a mammon issue. you got an issue that you got to settle in your heart that says, God, the answer to my problem is you. And if I don't have enough of you, I need more of you. 
And God, if, I, if I'm struggling in an area, I want more of you, not more money to fix my problems. And God, if I'm struggling with sickness all the time and I'm spending all my money on medication, I don't need more money for medication. I need more of you to heal my body. I mean, the answer is always more of God and his presence. And so the fruit of mammon are some of those things. Wrong thinking is this. We got the wrong idea that money and mammon are synonymous when they're not. Money and mammon are not synonymous. Money is not inherently evil. And I just talked about those things about the building. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And we've all known this. We've, we've heard this. We've heard this preached time and time again. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It goes on to say, Many people, by seeking after it, has pierced their hearts through with many sorrows. And I've seen even church people do it. I've seen church people do this. God begins to bless their business. And I praise God for businesses that get blessed. But when businesses start getting blessed, people start relying on the spirit of mammon rather than the presence of God that got them there. When you start getting blessed in your workplace as you're an employee of somebody else and you start getting promoted, I see people relying on the spirit of mammon rather than the presence of God that got them there. I'm going to preach on this next week. Joseph in the Old Testament, though he was a slave when he started, ended up being the ruler of all of Egypt. And the only thing that stayed consistent through all that time was the presence of God in his life. Every time God did something, he didn't forsake the presence for what God did. He kept the anointing in the same place, knowing it was in the presence of God. And so when God blessed his life and changed his life, he stayed farther in the anointing. And listen, some of y'all need to learn how to run like Joseph did. When lustful things come after you and you want to do things in your life that you know don't line up with the word of God, start running. Run to the presence of God. What he thought was getting him in trouble became the avenue for his blessing. See, where you're, not does not, where you're at does not dictate where your destination is. Whatever your situation is right now, it does not dictate where your final destination is. God's presence does. Mammon says this. You either need a God to work a miracle right now, or you need more money. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? God, if you don't come through right now, <laughs> that's, that's not it. It's not God work a miracle right now, or bring us more money. It's not just God work a miracle right now, or just the other. It's we just need God. Amen. It's we just need God, period. That's it. And if we are resting or relying on anything or anyone else, we must begin to deal with this issue of mammon in our life. We must begin to deal with this issue of the things that hold us back in our life. Jesus goes on to say, you can't serve two masters. You can't rely on both God and money. The Bible makes it clear. Luke 18, 18 says this. And a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And now... Jesus answers him in a peculiar way. He said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? Who do you think he was talking to? He wasn't talking to the ruler. He was talking to the spirit behind the ruler. You know, the one that says, oh, you're so good. You're so great. Jesus said, why do you call me good? He was dealing with the issue in that man's life. Kind of like when Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. He was dealing with the spirit behind Satan. Uh, okay? And so in this, the rich young ruler comes and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why are you calling me good? He said, we are opposing spirits right here. You are dictated and your life is lived by the spirit of mammon. And you're now asking me what, do, what to do to inherit eternal life. So he said, why do you call me good? There is no one good except God alone. 
And he said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And amen, that's the first commandment with a blessing. Come on now. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, yeah, but one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have. Distribute it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Many of us end up in this guy's situation all the time. God, I would love to do this for your kingdom, go on this mission trip, but you know I got bills to pay. God, I would love to help advance your kingdom. I would love to give to somebody going on a mission trip, but you know, you know my kids need clothes for school. God, I would love to go teach this Sunday school class or this, lead this small group, or I'd love to lead this thing on Wednesday night, but you know I've got to work all the time. See, a lot of us, we deal with mammon and we don't even know it. We deal with mammon and we don't even realize it. And we don't realize how much trust we put in our natural earthly things and the natural things of our life. And when we begin to trust in the spirit of mammon rather than the spirit of God, we begin to make decisions based on the spirit of mammon rather than the spirit of God. And after a while, if you're one degree off from the bullseye in about seven years, you're not one degree off, you're way off. And you've missed the mark. My question for you this morning is, are you going to deal with your trust issues with God? Because Jesus also said this, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. See, Jesus isn't telling everybody just go get rid of everything you have. He's telling you to ask for something. Ask of him. Ask, seek, knock for everyone. Everybody say everyone. everyone. Say everyone. everyone. I'm just wanting you to know that it includes you. Okay? It includes you. For everyone who asks receives. And to the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open for you. Or which one of you, if he has a son and it asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he has a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts or good things to those who ask of Him? This morning, my heart's desire is this for your life. That everything that you have is His. Because when you truly get that, you'll realize everything He has is yours. And He said, knock. He said, ask. He said, seek. This morning, I pray that you're going to do some knocking on the heart of God, that you're doing some asking. And you're not just asking for resources, you're asking for the source. You're asking for the source. See, a lot of us in our prayers, we ask for resources. And resources literally mean, means this. It's a redone version of the actual source. So you think money's your answer. That's a resource. God said, I'm the source. Why would you want a redone thing when you can have the real thing? Why would you want a broken thing that's been fixed when you can have an all new one all together? And so quit looking for resources. Go to the source where he's going to give you a gift and it will revolutionize your life. And as that gift 
revolutionizes your life, you're going to realize the gift you got was the answer to your problem that's over here where you thought you needed a resource for. God wants to change lives this morning. He wants to give gifts to you this morning, to me this morning. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for transformation in my life. Amen. I want God to touch me immediately, change me eternally, and I want to be generous with what he gives. Damon, if he gives me a new gift, I want to just use it to, I want to wear that joker out. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. Good thing you can't wear spiritual things out. That's an amazing thing. But how many of you, if you got a new car today, would stick it in the garage and not drive it? <laughs> Come on. You'd drive that joker. Same thing. I want you to begin to use what God's got on the inside of you. Ask for opportunities to use the gift that he's given you. But you're not going to use that gift unless you've been touched by his gift of generosity.